The market has spoken about new games being $70, and the publishers have taken notice. Plus, Bandai Namco is taking its Battle Royale Pac-Man offline in August. Tonight is May 21st, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so not, you would say, uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. I'm all by myself tonight. All by myself on the stream. It's just me. All night. Usually it's just me for this hour. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Uh, yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash network, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, we do tape this show live just about each and every uh, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash network. Come join us live, interact with the show directly. We will not be here next week. I'll talk about that in just a second. But you can also keep up with us on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord gets you the invite into the server. Uh, and you can post things about previous episodes, news articles you may want us to talk about, or news articles that are kind of tangentially related that we don't get into uh, during during the, the episode. Like, uh, if you want to know about a two-disc vinyl record collection of old pinball themes from the 90s, you have to go to our Discord to find out about it, or just Google that term and it'll come up. Uh, you'll you'll find it. Yeah, somebody's releasing a two vinyl set, final record set, uh, two editions of a bunch of 90s era th- uh, pinball themes like Black Knight 2000, Pinbot, uh, Theater of Magic, a lot of those. So, um, so yeah, and uh, Breakman's like, pinball music? Yes. Pinball machines had theme songs in the 90s. Like, actual theme songs. And I would play them for you, but I don't want to get DMCA'd. So, uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, no, there are actually, like, people made pinball music for pinball machines in the 90s. It's, it, it's, uh, it's kind of neat. So you can go to our Discord, fognetwork.com slash Discord. There's a YouTube video that has, uh, you, so you can hear some of the music. But yes, it totally was, uh, there were totally theme songs for pinball machines in the 90s. Um, the and, uh, and, and, and it's not just like bleeps and bloops and chimes. Like, this is the 90s. They had the ability to play music out of the speakers with lyrics and everything. Uh, and the Breakman says, so it isn't just the Who over and over again. No, that was just, that was one pinball machine. There was one. If you never played it, there there was a pinball machine called Tommy, and it did have the. I think it had, it had a cover of the Who because I didn't think they could afford the Who. Um, but uh, they they totally had had uh, had actual themes. I'm gonna say, actually I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna play the YouTube video uh, here on stream. See if it actually uh, uh, actually has the music in it. Yeah, that's Black Knight 2000 right there. So this is this is this is the music from Black Knight 2000 Medieval Madness, um, and, uh, and and it's a two disc vinyl set from Jackpot uh, Jackpot Records. Uh, so uh, yep, only 500 copies available. I already got mine, so uh, you can. Um, so uh, I've already got mine uh, of those 500 color vinyl and everything. Uh, so you can get them uh, yourself if there's any still available. I don't know. Uh, Orange right uh, has it says the hot jams emote yes um, so yeah so uh, if you want to find out more about that go to our Discord server but next week I will not be here so you're going to have to watch on the Discord server for stuff I am going to be at Summer Games Done Quick 2023 the the annual uh, semi annual I guess is that's how it's done like two times it, when it's done twice or every tw- twice a year I don't know. 
Um, yes. So Summer Games Done Quick 2023 uh, is coming up. Uh, it is next week. So it's I leave next Saturday. So I will not be here on Sunday. I'm going to be up in Minneapolis, uh, downtown Minneapolis this time. So uh, g- not not out in the suburbs like we were last year. It's my second time being in person. I believe it's my seventh. I have to do the math. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I think I think it's my seventh. Yeah, I think it's my seventh total. Uh, and Breakman says it's coming quick. Yeah, it's kind of sneaking up on me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is next week. I was like, oh, yeah, I can get some stuff done around the house next week. No, I'm not even going to be here next weekend. Um, but Summer Games Done Quick is coming up. I am going to be a host, which is one of the donation readers throughout the uh, throughout the event. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna, I've got my schedule. It hasn't really changed the past couple month, uh, couple couple weeks. It's it's shifted just a little bit uh, in terms of like by like ten minutes or whatever, and it's going to shift more uh, at the event. Uh, but I am going to be on Monday morning at around eleven a.m. Eastern. It's like eleven oh four now a.m. But it's going to change Monday morning, which is Memorial Day here in the United States, so it is a holiday. Uh, I'm going to be hosting an online run, uh, set of online runs from Remote Runners, Alien Swarm, a co-op by Kikistas and Mr. Deagle, Attack on Titan 2, Final Battle by Froob, and Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, which is a race between Desa3579 and Big Sid. And then the next evening, Tuesday night at around 11 p.m. Eastern, is showing 11.09 p.m. right now. Uh, it might be midnight. I don't know. Uh, Silent Hill Home Pour being run by Schmumbler and Signalis by Drusifer Plays. Now, uh, Silent Hill Home Pour, as I have mentioned before, you probably have are sitting there going, that doesn't exist. There's no such game as Silent Hill Home Pour. Uh, and you're right. There, you, There's Homecoming and there's Downpour. And uh, Downpour has unkip- unskippable cutscenes, so they play Silent Hill Homecoming during the cutscenes of Downpour. You can actually... I believe what what they said is you could actually do two runs of Silent Hill Homecoming during the cutscenes of Downpour. So I don't know if they're going to be doing that or not. I actually haven't talked to any of the runners. I'm going to be doing that this week. Um, But I I don't know if they're going to be doing that. But I think theoretically you can complete two full speed runs of Silent Hill Homecoming just during the unskippable cutscenes of Silent Hill Downpour. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and both those shifts, uh, they're, they're going to last about three hours, four hours, something like that. So, um, and, uh, the Rickman asks, is there any gameplay in Downpour? It sounds like it's all movie. Uh, I believe, so the, the, um, the, uh, estimate is two hours, 45 minutes for, for this category. Uh, I believe two hours, 30 minutes is how long it actually takes. Uh, for them to do it. So they've got like a little bit of padding on the estimate. And there's actually like a, uh, there's going to be an incentive for something that's going to happen uh, like halfway through. Um, so a donation incentive. But um, apparently 45 minutes of that is cutscenes. So there's, I think, 45 minutes worth of cutscenes, which means there's about two hours of actual gameplay that they're going to actually go through. Uh, so, uh, and Dark Tatia says, yeah, I'm curious to see how it works. So, um, they, they've actually done this before other speed running marathons. They've done this. It's going to have like a picture in picture. Uh, I believe like, I don't know exactly how GDQ is going to do it, but what they've done before is they'll have like a picture in picture and they just swap, which, and he basically they've, he's on stage. He's going to have two TVs right next to each other. Cause that's just how the stage is set up. And he's just going to put one controller down, pick up the other controller and play the other game. Uh, and then um, the the tech crew is going to swap the picture in picture of, um, of of what they're doing, or may, they may just have them side by side. I don't know. Like they they've got to race things. So uh, so yeah. So that's going to be actually the most fun. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. And then I'm done uh, Wednesday through the end of the marathon. I'm just hanging out playing arcade games and 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 going to a Twins game and and doing some other things in Minneapolis. So uh, yeah. Uh, I, so I will not be here next Sunday night. I probably will shoot a video because the marathon actually starts on Sunday uh, at uh, one o'clock Eastern because it's out in it's Central Time, so it starts at noon uh, local time, event time, and uh, so it'll already have started on Sunday. And so I won't be here. Orange Lounge Radio will be back next week. They're not here tonight, uh, but you may hear from me on Orange Lounge Radio, and you may see me. I may I may give them something. Uh, to to air on the show. I did this last year, so it's no surprise that I could do this, but uh, it also depends on hotel internet and if I can actually upload a video to them. 
So let's talk about uh, some of the news uh, that's going on that that happened this week. And the first one, just I've been covering this story uh, and, and talking about it, and we've kind of gone back and forth. Uh, here's the community on on if it's going to happen or not, uh, as has the news. But it's it's getting closer to actually happening. We're talking about that Microsoft Activision merger. The Verge reports that Microsoft's sixty nine billion dollar nice deal to acquire Activision Blizzard has been approved by. European Union regulators just weeks after UK regulators blocked the acquisition. The European Commission has concluded the deal can pass thanks to commitments from Microsoft related to cloud gaming. So uh, the UK blocked it because they figured that uh, that Microsoft could use Call of Duty to take all of the other cloud gaming services offline, just like it did with Google Stadia. Call of Duty is not on any cloud services right now, but apparently the Call of Duty that Google Stadia failed because Call of Duty wasn't on the platform. The EU found that Microsoft would have no incentive to refuse to distribute Activision's games to Sony, and that even if Microsoft did decide to withdraw Activision's game from the PlayStation, this would not significantly harm competition in the console market. But the EU regulators did find the acquisition could harm competition around the distribution of PC and console games through cloud gaming services. So the European Commission has identified remedies to allow for the deal to go ahead through 10-year licensing deals that Microsoft has offered to competitors. These include a free license to consumers in EU countries that would allow them to stream via any cloud game streaming services of their choice all current and future Activision Blizzard PC and console games that they have a license for. Cloud providers will be offered a free license to stream these games in EU markets. These licenses are automatic and mean that consumers will have a right to stream Activision Blizzard games they've purchased or subscribed to on any cloud game streaming service of their choice and play them on any device using any operating system. It appears that the European Commission requested Microsoft offer this automatic license, and the Xbox maker will now apply this globally. So they're not just doing this in the EU. They're going to do this globally. So uh, Margrethe Vestager, the executive VP in charge of competition policy at the European Commission, says, quote, Our decision represents an important step in this direction by bringing Activision's popular games to many more devices and consumers than before, thanks to cloud game streaming. The commitments offered by Microsoft will enable for the first time the streaming of much such games in any cloud gaming streaming services, enhancing competition and opportunities for growth, unquote. Uh, So regulators in Saudi Arabia, Brazil, Chile, Serbia, Japan, and South Africa have also all approved the deal. China, South Korea, New Zealand, Australia, and the United States are still reviewing the deal. But this is going to be a big thing. Uh, The UK uh, regulators put out a statement saying this is still bad because Microsoft controls everything. And so that's not good for gamers if Microsoft controls it. And, um... I guess, you know, Activision would control it instead if Microsoft didn't buy them. And I don't know how that's bad. But uh, I guess the UK believes that if Activision wasn't owned by Microsoft, they would enter into a lot of this stuff. Um, the Breakman says, as far as both companies are concerned, they have started already started acting like one company. Um, they, they, they have and haven't, because technically, like, legally, I don't think they're allowed to act as one company yet. Um... But definitely, I mean, so far, they're not in a quiet period right now. Uh, that's usually, uh, there, there's a quiet period. Now, I'm not going to say that I know everything about how business acquisition law works and stuff like that. But there's a quiet period where uh, the two companies that are being, uh, that are in this uh, uh, an acquisition context, uh, they can't actually talk to each other for any reason. They just can't, they can't communicate uh, directly with each other. So uh, I don't think they're in a quiet period right now. Um, but... Um, but but uh, you know, Activision is making some some announcements and some things that make it seem like it's coming from Big Daddy Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, and Questbus says China cleared the merger according to Microsoft on Friday. So this uh, this article I was quoting was from earlier in the week. So China has now uh, cleared the merger. So it's gonna. It, the U.S. wants to block it, but I don't know if they're going to. They have stated they have their intention to block it. Uh, but uh, it might just be the UK that blocks it. That that's a very real possibility, and then it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, uh, because um, they could just pull out of the UK market. And uh, Microsoft has already said that they don't believe the UK is open for business right now, 
And, um, you know, so they've got options on basically just they, they won't be allowed to operate in the UK. I don't know. Um, and, uh, and, and that would be a shame for, for my UK friends, uh, and all of you in the UK. Uh, but, uh, but that may be where they go right now. So, uh, Questbuster says it's happening. Waves hands. He's got the, the, the meme, uh, go, going on. Uh, it's not happening yet, but it's closer to being happening. We're going to learn, I believe tomorrow, actually, I think is when the U S so tomorrow, the 22nd of May, uh, I believe that's when the U.S. is going to uh, come out with their statement on what they're going to do and if they're going to block, they're going to sue to block it or, or what they what have you. Sean322 says, uh, with the deal being $69 billion, uh, some people like even numbers like yourself. They could have settled on $70 billion. Uh, do you think it ended up on 69 They looked at each other and said, giggity. Um, they are not the current CEO of a major social media platform who totally would have done that. Um, but they, they are not that person. So uh, speaking of, let, let's not talk about that number. Let's talk about 99. Uh, so this is uh, another, yet another uh, case of digital distribution and online servers and things you're never going to be able to play again. Uh, Polygon reports that Pac-Man 99, the Battle Royale spin on the classic Pac-Man gameplay that's available through Nintendo Switch Online, will shut down in October, publisher Bandai Namco announced Thursday. That's when online services for the 99-player uh, game will go offline, but Switch owners who paid for the game's DLC, the Deluxe Pack, or the Mode Unlock, will still be able to play it offline against the CPU and in other modes. News of Pac-Man 99's closure comes two years after the Battle Royale game was released on Switch as an incentive to subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online. Pac-Man 99 was developed by Erika, the same studio behind another Battle Royale spin on the classic game Tetris 99. Also, aren't they the Tetris, the Grandmaster? Anyway, uh, publisher Bandai Namco did not provide a reason for the game's closure. Here's how the closure of Pac-Man 99 will roll out. On August 8th, the paid custom theme sales will be discontinued. On September 8th, sales of the Pac-Man 99 Deluxe Pack and the Mode Unlock will be discontinued. The Deluxe Pack is the Mode Unlock plus all those custom themes. So you can get them in a bundle, but you won't be able to get them individually after August. Then October 8th, the discontinuation of online services for the main game and distribution of the main game and free custom themes. After October 8th, Pac-Man 99 players who purchase the Deluxe Pack or Mode Unlock will still be able to play the CPU Battle Mode, Blind Time Attack, and Score Attack in Offline Mode only. Uh, the Breakman says, I still miss 1 vs. 100 and Mario 35. Yeah, I actually had Mario 35 sitting here uh, saying, you know, that's something that a lot of people really uh, wish uh, came back because that was better than it had any right to be, especially for people... It, it, I'm going to SGDQ being in the speedrunning scene. Uh, that just spoke to speedrunners because they know those levels like the back of their hand. Uh, Super Mario 35, that was basically you go went through uh, Super Mario Brothers, the NES game, and you would try to uh, survive with when you're playing against 35 other people who when they do something, they throw enemies at you. And Tetris 99 and Pac-Man 99 were kind of the same thing. As, as you did things, you would attack other players and things like that. So if you want to keep Pac-Man 99 and play against the CPU, um, then what you can do is uh, you can it's like $30. So for $30, you get Pac-Man 99 forever, uh, which also gets you uh, the score attack and the th custom themes and CPU battle. So you can actually play against the computer and, and actually get good at the game just in time for never being able to play it again. So, uh, and Dark Tessia says, I do wonder if Nintendo is a replacement in the pipeline. Um... I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I think what they probably noticed is that these games, a lot of people played them right at the beginning uh, when it was the new hotness, and they probably do not get enough traffic to, uh, and they don't get enough players to be able to host the online stuff. Uh, so it's a very short-term investment uh, that they have to do, and, uh, and so th they've got to kind of plan for that. Uh, Mario 35 was only designed to be around for, I believe, a year. Like, it was like the year of Mario, and then they killed Mario, and it was over uh, for the 35th anniversary of Mario. So when Mario was 36, nope, no more. You can't you can't have that anymore. Um, but uh, Tetris 99, I believe, is still going on, and they're still even doing, like, events 
uh, and stuff like that. But Tetris 99 really w- did the concept well. Pac-Man 99 didn't really grab me as much, but I also didn't play it all that much because all there was was that online mode. I'm actually considering getting the $30 version and playing against the computer and seeing if I can feel better about uh, better about myself fifth dream says planned obsolescence there there is usually a plan unfortunately uh for for especially like online and live service games that when they stop giving updates they're like we're going to support the servers for two years three years and then shut them down because that costs money and if nobody's buying it anymore uh and there's no more continual updates to charge people for uh because we don't like that as consumers then um that then they plan on when they're going to shut everything down, and and that's how they do it. Dark to see says, "Oh yeah, Tetris is still going. They get new theme unlocks all the time." Uh, and uh, Fifth, Fifth Dream says, "Zelda ninety nine, Galaga ninety nine, Arkanoid ninety nine. Those are some things that that he would like to see." And uh, the Breakman says, "I wish they would bring Four Swords back with online." Um, they they had that at one. Didn't they redo Four Swords like Four Swords Adventures or something like that? Because I remember Four Swords on the GameCube with everybody with their own Game Boy Advance. I actually have four Game Boy Advance uh, cables for people with their own Game Boy Advances to be able to play that. Uh, Played it once. Played it all at one time. That was it. Um, So, yeah. But this is something we're seeing a lot of. I've talked about the delisting a lot. And I'm going to kind of transition a little bit more into streaming television. I've been doing this a little bit recently. Um, is that we're starting to see this a lot more in streaming television. HBO did it first, uh, and they're about to do it more because they're getting rid of HBO Max and changing it this week. But uh, Disney Plus is um, di- uh, removing a bunch of content this week. Uh, and it's a lot of their streaming only, like it's the stuff they made for Disney Plus, stuff like the new Willow TV series. It's It's going away. And unfortunately... Disney Plus, uh, the stuff that's on Disney Plus, they they never released it anywhere else. Like it's not on Blu-ray. It, they never put it on DVD. They never they never put it anywhere else but Disney Plus. So when they pull it off the service, there will no longer be any legal way to watch it, which is by design. Uh, I did say legal. There there are obviously uh, other ways on the high seas that you could actually get this content. And I'm sure that uh, with this, when they released the announcement, that's exactly what certain people did. But, um, but, but in terms of, of, of what they're trying to do and why they're doing that, and Disney Plus is removing like 30 to 35 movies and series that were basically all direct to streaming. All their direct, a lot of their direct to streaming stuff is being taken off uh, of that. And then also they're removing stuff off of Hulu because Disney also owns Hulu. Uh, and the reason they're doing that is because whenever you stream something like that, they have to pay residuals to certain entities that worked on the, the show. Not everybody, uh, and I would say not even most people that worked on the show, but they do have to pay residuals. And so if you go in and you pay that, uh, you stream it, then they have to pay out, which means that in order for them to make it worth it, they have to advertise that, and that costs money as well. So what they're doing is, uh, and this is also what HBO Min is doing. I stole that from Fifth Dream in chat. Uh, is that they're taking things off the service so they no longer have to pay residuals on it. And then since they no longer have to pay residuals on it, they can take a tax break by saying, yeah, we invested in this and it is not, we are never hitting those numbers. We spent this much, and we expected to get that much and more. Now we can guarantee that we will never hit that number, so that loss we can put on our books. And if they keep it on the service, they could still theoretically hit that number. It is very, very highly unlikely, but theoretically they still can hit that number of what they make back. Uh, And so they take it off the service so they could write it off on the books. And that's why they're doing it. Um, so, so, and that's, that's also why they don't put it on Blu-ray or DVD or anything like that, because then they can't write it off the books because people can still legally acquire it. So that, that's why we're seeing that. And that's why every time I hear somebody saying, I, I'd never want physical media again. Blu-ray is dead. Nobody wants Blu-ray. Nobody wants DVD. I do. And if you really like something and you want to watch it in perpetuity, 
you should get it in some kind of physical form or, you know, figure out how to sail the high seas and store it uh, locally. Tireclaw says, uh, this sucks because a lot of streaming stuff isn't available on Blu-ray. Some shows that are made uh, on streaming on Netflix do get Blu-ray releases, even shows on Paramount+. Plus. Yes, uh, like Stranger Things is on Blu-ray, the Breakman says. Uh, I know like Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Discovery got a DVD release. Not a Blu-ray. You couldn't buy it on Blu-ray. You could buy it on DVD, and DVDs look like crap on 4K TVs, if you haven't noticed, uh, because their DVDs are 480p. Like that's it's it's a very low resolution. So when the 4K TV blows it up, uh, it doesn't look all that good. But yeah, so that they only released it on DVD, not Blu-ray. Uh, but but yeah, so Netflix, I know they do because like they like money, and people are going to buy it, and so that's a no-brainer for them. Um, and, uh, Tiger Law says DVDs are cheaper to produce. That's also why. Um, and, uh, Fifth Dream says, come on, it's the 24th century. It's the 24th century because it's Star Trek. The least they could do is Blu-ray. Yeah. We're not asking for 4K Blu-ray here. We're not asking for 4K UHD, although that would be awesome. Uh, we're, we're just asking for, for Blu-ray. Questbuster says, adding to Bobby's point, there's speculation that streamers pulling content like Disney are also... Uh, planning to sell shows and films to other services that use ads for revenue. So that is something to know is that stuff like we've got like Pluto TV, which has it's all free, but it's completely ad supported. So there will be commercial breaks and you can't skip them or, or, or go past them. And that may be one of the things that they're trying to do. They can say, oh, look at this. Like you can now you you can watch you can watch that Willow series now. But it's on Pluto TV, and you've got to watch ads. You you can't just pay a subscription. Because the way that they do the subscription television shows and determine if it's successful or not is how many new subscribers do they get to watch that show. And that's why they cancel shows all the time, because people will watch the show that already have Netflix. Like, they could have like millions and millions of watch hours, but if they're all people that already had Netflix, it's it doesn't help them. That's actually a failure in Netflix's eyes. It's not about watch time. It's about how many new subscribers you get. And that's why they cancel a whole lot of shows because it's not pulling in new subscribers. Only the people currently watching the product are on there, are, are watching it. Darklaw says, isn't Pluto owned by Paramount? Yes. Uh, other Paramount stuff uh, does show up on Pluto TV. So I'm not saying Pluto TV specifically. Disney could buy someone else that does a free or launch their own free TV service. I don't know. Uh, SRMS says Disney has been looking to cut costs since uh, CEO Bob Iger came back, including laying off 7,000 people and shutting and shutting down a development and shutting down the Star Wars uh, hotel, which is everybody calls it a hotel. It really wasn't a hotel. It was a two day LARP. Um, the, the Galactic Star, Tru- Star Cruiser. It was a two-day LARP. It wasn't a hotel. You couldn't leave. You were in this LARP for two days. That's what you were actually paying for. Uh, but uh, apparently, not. In, it was priced so high that like it had huge occupancy, uh, like the first couple months, and then like they can't even. They, it's not even half full right now. So they're shutting it down, uh, and that's probably some of those. Uh, that that's part of the reason they're they're shutting it down. Um, Questbuster says Disney also reported losing subscriptions in the last quarter when analysts expected it to grow, which was uh, an unwelcome surprise, but they lost about 4 million subscribers. Now, let me tell you why that happened. <laughs> because a lot of people read that headline and they're like, oh, you know, everybody's like, go woke, go broke. No, 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 no. They lost that amount globally. Those subs that they lost were in India. Because they lost the rights to broadcast cricket. That's why they lost 4 million subscribers. Uh, the last thing I heard is like the subscribers in North America went up, but they did not go up enough to counteract the loss of the sports in India. But a lot of people just want to read the headline and be like, oh my gosh. And no, it was because they, they lost the sports license. It's, it's, all about, it's all about sports, TV sports. Uh, the Breakman says cricket. That's still a thing. It's the second most popular sport in the world. Yeah, it's it's the second most popular sport in the world. Soccer or football is what everybody else calls it. We call it soccer in the U.S. That's the most popular. 
And S. Jared Matt says, uh, U.S. subscriptions have been going up, but yes, the Indian Premier Cricket is serious business. Uh, Premier, so that is essentially the NFL of cricket, is the Indian Premier Cricket League. And that's what Disney Plus had the rights to. And so everybody subscribed to Disney Plus for the cricket matches. And when they lost the cricket matches, which actually went to a different provider that's showing them free, so you don't have to pay for it, uh, they all left Disney Plus. So, uh, so yeah, so that that's the television stuff. So, anyway, I was talking about video games and Pac-Man 99. We're going to see more delistings like that. Uh, and it's harder for games uh, to, sa- to sail the high seas because they're of these online components, these games that are as a service. Uh, and, and that's what we're seeing with a, a lot of this stuff. And I know that, like, museums and, and preservation societies like the Video Game History Foundation uh, and the National Museum of Play, uh, they are actually working to try to get DMCA uh, exemptions to emulate servers of like MMOs and other live service games like Pac-Man 99 or Anthem, because somebody's probably going to want to study why Anthem was so bad. Um, and, and and they're trying to carve out exemptions for all that. And it's because of this phenomenon of delisting and shutting down games. Uh, the, uh, the, the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, the, the, uh, the lobbying firm that acts on behalf of video game publishers says people might have fun playing games in the museum and that is why they are against having these museums and historical foundations try to preserve the online servers uh, so the games can still be played by future generations because they're worried that they're going people are going to have fun playing them so uh, the last story that I want to talk about is uh, about how the market has spoken and um, you know we can sit here and say that uh, there are a bunch of terrible decisions being made by companies, and then the market speaks and proves us wrong. And what actually we're learning is that the publishers were right, and uh, we just don't want to hear that they were right. Video Games Chronicle reports that Take-Two Interactive has claimed that it's not seeing consumer resistance to its games being priced at $70. During the company's earnings call on Wednesday, one analyst said there were recent examples of unnamed Take-Two competitors offering discounts on some AAA games within days and weeks of their release. Over two years since the $70 price point was adopted by some publishers for their current gen games, are players still struggling to to come to terms with it somewhat, they asked. And so uh, Zelnick... Uh, at at Take-Two responded, quote, we're not seeing a pushback on frontline price. What we're seeing is consumers are seeking to limit their spending by uh, by going either to the stuff they really, really care about, blockbusters, or to value. And sometimes it could be both. And the good news is we have a bunch of blockbusters and we have a wonderful catalog, unquote. One recent example of a Take-Two release that failed to meet expectations was Marvel's Midnight Suns. It came out last December, priced at $70 on PS5 and on Xbox Series X and S, and $60 on PC, but the publisher discounted all versions of the game by 33% a month after release. Uh, Zelna continued, quote, The other news is we have a robust frontline release schedule, and without regard to price, there has been some pressure as a result if a consumer sees something that's interesting, but not necessarily yet a huge blockbuster, unquote. And then he continued, quote, we think that will change. This is a growth business and this is a unique market and nothing that's going on now is inconsistent with the view that we outlined during the pandemic. We said at the time that we were benefiting gratefully from people being at home due to an odd turn of events. And we set out expectations that post-pandemic, we as an industry would be in a better place than pre-pandemic and in a worse place than during a time when people were sheltering at home. And that's exactly what happened. Exasperated by a challenging mixed economy and what I believe is a recession, at least if you look through it from the lens of people who purvey digital entertainment consumed at home and e-commerce suppliers, there's a lot of pressure in those markets, unquote. So in uh, August of 2020, uh, NBA 2K21 was the first game, uh, current-gen game to be priced at $70. Sony and Activision also decided to charge $70 for their big new releases at the start of the current console cycle. EA and Square Enix followed suit, with the Final Fantasy publisher even bringing the new price point of, to some of its PC games. Microsoft and Nintendo released their first $70 games this month. Ubisoft has said its long-delayed Skull and Bones will be its first $70 title, and Sega recently said it was considering raising game prices, too. Tyreclaw says, I remember when games started costing $60 back when N64 games were costing $60 for the first time. $60? They were $79. They were $80. 
$79.99, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, it really depends on what chips. Like con- Cartridges were a little different because it was about like the actual physical chips that were in them. Uh, and, and so like the more, if you needed a more memory, you actually had to put physical chips in there and they, even though those chips cost like five cents, that translated to, you know, an extra $30. The Regman says, weren't NES games like 50 bucks with, uh, today's inflation that can't be that much of a price difference. No, it, it's, uh, it, that's about where they were. Like games are technically cheaper now than they were when I was a kid. It's just the number is bigger, and so you know we we don't we don't really notice or we don't want to believe it. Zen Monkey Eleven says in 1990 or 1989 I got River City Ransom for 99.99, and uh, Fifth Dream says let's talk about Neo Geo games. Yes, the three hundred dollar games. Each game was three hundred dollars. That's why I own one Neo Geo game. It's Magician Lord. Um. But those also were like, it's the arcade experience at home. So you bought like this $800 console and the $300 games, and you got the arcade experience at home. And Questor says those were literally the arcade packs used in the cabs, too. Yes. Like if you had like the Neo Geo arcade, it would look, the cartridge kind of looked the same, but different. The Breakman says, I always wanted a Neo Geo, so jelly. I found one at PAX like a while ago, like 10 or 12 years ago, and, you know, brought it home. It came with one game, and every time I go to a convention, every time I go to a convention, I ask, like, because there's always, like, a Dragon Con or, like, a PAX or something like that. There's always somebody that sells retro video games, and they sell them for a market. So you never really want to buy any of them there uh, because they've got to pay for for the con space and stuff. So, like, all the prices are a little bit more. But I always ask every single time, do you have any Neo Geo games? And uh, they always say no. But I've tried every, like, for 10 years. If, because if one of them has a Neo Geo game, I probably will buy it, even with the con markup. The Breakman asks, which game do you have? I have Magician Lord. So um, that, that's the one game that came that, that person had with it. Um, now, I did get a Neo Geo uh, arcade unit, which I think is the MVS, and I think the AES is the console one. I forget. Um, and, uh, I did get that, uh, I, I got one of those actually from Loki from OLR and, uh, he sent me with it, uh, one of those, um, cartridges that has like 200 games. So I technically have all of them, but I only have Magician Lord actually as the console retail version. So, yes. Questbuster says it has a great opening soundtrack. Also, some of the goofiest voice lines. I'm not, I'm not mad that it's the one that I own. Um, the thing that kills me about Neo Geo and the console one is my favorite Neo Geo arcade game never got a console release. It was never released on console. Bust a move. Bubble bobble, I think is what other people have called it, but bust a move. Uh, actually never came out for retail console. It was only on the arcade one. So, like, because I'm like, that's the one I want. And then I realized, like, I looked and I'm like, oh, it never came out for the console. So, uh, we are going to take a quick music break. And then um, uh, I'm going to take some calls if somebody wants to call in. Uh, So, how this works, because Orange Launch Radio is not going to be here tonight. So, I don't have the call with Rob tonight. So, we can actually also talk about other things going on in the gaming industry. Or I'll talk about games that I've been playing recently. I don't know. Uh, or you can ask questions about GDQ. And uh, uh, so what you do is in our Discord server, there is a voice chat room called the Green Room. You're going to want to go into the Green Room voice chat channel, and then um, and and then uh, I will pull you into another room, and then we can chat about anything going on in the gaming industry. Do that sometime during the music break so I know how many people that I need to uh, bring into the room. So we're going to take a quick music break. And then uh, talk to some people, talk to some of you about uh, random stuff, because I didn't plan anything else. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Bobby Blackwell, I choose you. I wanna be so funny story. I forgot to, like, put in a bumper 
Uh, and uh, so, so I was like, at, during like the beginning, I'm like, I need to add a bumper for this. Uh, so I did, and that that was the bumper that we got. So, uh, yes, everybody chose me. That's great. Thank you. Uh, if you want to leave a bumper, you do not need to be uh, a Pokemon master, um, even though you probably are more of a Pokemon master than I am. All you got to do is contact me on uh, somewhere, either on social media or on our Discord server, and provide me an MP3 with just your voice or a video with just your voice. I will choose which DMCA violation I want to put behind it. Uh, and uh, saying that you're coming back to the Bobby Blackwell Show, because I that is actually... The uh, most recent bumper I have is that one. And um, uh, that was done in uh, 2019 because it was a, a Video Games Live Kickstarter thing. So uh, this is the time. Usually I would be taking calls or talking to Rob. There is no Orange Lounge Radio tonight. Uh, there, uh, Rob is on a business trip. I was on a business trip two weeks ago, and it overlapped with the shows. It's Rob's turn. And... Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, Orange Lounge Radio will not be here tonight. They will be back next week when I am not here. So, uh, you can still have your VOG every single night. Uh, thank you. Or every single Sunday night. Also this week, um, and I don't think we're gonna, I'm going to do anything about it because uh, I don't know when Rob gets back from his business trip. Uh, but uh, the, PlayStation, the, the PlayStation Showcase, which is different from a state of play, the PlayStation Showcase is on the 24th. At 1 o'clock Pacific, I believe, or something like that. This is their E3-style presentation. This is their E3 one. Um, so that's that's happening this week. I don't think we're going to be doing anything for it other than watching it, uh, because uh, I don't know if we can co-stream it. Uh, some companies are a little more weirded out about co-streaming their stuff than others, and then there's like DMCA violations because they'll use licensed music in their trailer and it's fine for them because they paid the license but if we co-stream it we get hit with copyright strikes and it's just not worth it but uh that's going on this week so we're, we're starting to get into the hype of things and uh so so that's something that you can look forward to this week is hearing more about that because uh, june is going to be huge for stuff you've got diablo 4 coming out you got final fantasy 16 coming out you got street fighter 6 coming out the final beta uh, just ended or it's about to end or something like that. It's a final open beta. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a cram month. It's a big month. So you, you probably need to stop creating mechanisms to torture Koroks in tears of the kingdom and get to some of these other games. Questbuster says that there's some bloodborne copium fall, uh, floating around the showcase. Also mortal Kombat one hype. Yes. Mortal Kombat one, we're continuing the tradition of calling games the first one. Uh, you know, Xbox One, Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, so we've got that going on. Um, and uh, and and so th there's going to be that. I'm sure we're going to see more about Final Fantasy 16 because that's coming up very soon. And a lot of times they do like to showcase these things that are coming out very, very soon. Um, and uh, Dark Sia talks about the guest cameos that are in Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah, it's like uh, the Homelander from The Boys and... Uh, DC's Peacemaker going to be, be be in Mortal Kombat 1, so that'll be fun. Um, ZenMonkey11 says, the Sony thing will be just endless trailers, Snorefest. So, it's kind of interesting. And I'm, I, I don't mean to pick on ZenMonkey11. I, I really enjoy ZenMonkey11's perspective and comments. It's just real interesting. Because we uh, when there have been other showcases in the past pre-pandemic, pre back when E3 was still a thing, they would do, like, talk about things and or do skits or a comedy thing, and all of us would be like, just shut up and show us the game. Just show up, shut up and show us the trailer. Don't make us sit through all this crap. We don't care. Just show us the trailer. And now that's what they do, and now people are like, it's boring. It's just all they're doing is showing us games. I'm like, what What more do you want? Like, do you want, because Mike Deft even points out, you know, Sony gives t developers like 10 minutes. Do you really want a developer to give a 10-minute deep dive into a game, especially if you're not, you don't care about it? Um, the Sony so showcases used to be two hours, two and a half hours, three hours long. This one's going to be about an hour. And I, I would rather have my time respected in an hour and show me the same amount of stuff 
rather than kind of pad it out to two and a half hours to three hours. Because I've sat in those Sony press conferences in person, and I'm like, oh, great. Kobe Bryant, RIP Kobe, but Kobe Bryant's on stage talking about NBA, 2K, whatever. And they're going to spend 20 minutes talking to Kobe Bryant about basketball. I'm actually happy if it's just that. Like, I, I, I respect developers. I like hearing developers' perspectives. Uh, I, but if I don't care about the game, I don't care about what the developer has to say about the game. And that's a personal thing. Uh, there are games that I do care about that I want to hear the developer talk about that other people tune out of. And that's perfectly okay. Like, I like hearing the Forza Horizon developers gush about for Drivatars for 10 minutes. Not everybody does. They tune out the same way I tune out when the Dead Rising developers talk about zombie physics or something. Uh, Fifth Dream says, I heard from a cousin of a lady at work that read on the internet that they're announcing the PlayStation 6 at this thing. I mean, they got to get there in that 10-year window so they can still get Call of Duty on it, right? S. Sharon Matt says, Nintendo used to get killed for the 10-minute deep dives about a Fire Emblem game, so they just do the Treehouse stuff, which go into bigger detail. And, and the other companies have started doing that, too. Uh, both Microsoft and Sony, they will have a post-show. And that's when they're like, you you know, hear more about this. And, and it confuses some people. Because like because what's what's funny is there there's always these unrealistic expectations. Then there's people that don't actually pay attention, and they'll be like, "All right, you know, after this Microsoft showcase, we're going to go into a deep dive further into the trailer of the Elder Scrolls Online expansion that we just showed the trailer of." And people will literally go, "They're going to announce Elder Scrolls Six. I got to stay tuned. They got to and like they literally told you what they're going to talk about." They're going to talk about Elder Scrolls Online, but people don't want to hear that. Like, they, they don't listen to that, and they're like, oh, they're, they're going to talk about And then they're going to talk about Elder Scrolls 6. They're going to show us a new trailer, so i got to stay tuned. And then when they don't, they get really upset. They're like, I thought I'd see Elder Scrolls 6. How, how, how dare they get my hopes up? And I'm like, they literally told you what they were doing. Fifth Dream wants to see Tears of the Kingdom 2 trailers at the PlayStation conference. S. Jerry Matt says, what Bobby is saying, reading comprehension is tough. This is not even reading. This is them saying it. They will literally, they'll run the trailer, and then they will say, you can find out more. Like, And I'm actually using a very specific example that happened last year. You can find out more about Elder Scrolls Online, blah, 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 whatever the expansion was. Uh, immediately following this, 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 present, uh, this presentation, uh, and, and you will find, we'll go into a deep dive into it. And people literally said, they're going to announce Elder Scrolls 6. I got to stay tuned. E3VL says people just assume and don't read like how Sony says no God of War stuff, and that is when people get upset. No, people do this with Nintendo all the time because, like, Nintendo will be like, uh, yeah, that we're only doing, like, when they would do a Nintendo Direct uh, with the indie stuff, they're like, we're talking about indie games or third-party titles uh, done by our development partners that are coming out this year. And people would get really upset when there was no Zelda trailer in there. And I'm like, they literally said when they announced it, what was in it. And I actually got told one time that doesn't count. I actually got told one time that just because Nintendo says it, when they announce what they're going to be talking about, it doesn't count. And they should have included a Zelda trailer. Dark Tatsia says, I was going to say, expecting Zelda or whatever in an indie world uh, when that's not what it's for. Uh, this was before they actually termed them indie world. They just did a Nintendo Direct, and they, they because I think that's one of the reasons they call it Indie World now is to basically kind of set the expectation that no, you're not going to hear about Zelda here. So I think that's um, I think that's part of why they started segmenting the directs and actually giving them different names was because they would say this is a Nintendo Direct focusing on content coming out from our third party development partners. Uh, in the next six months and people would just ignore it and then get really upset there was no Zelda trailer. And Fifth Dream says, well, if you just wait after the credits, then the Zelda reveal will happen. And then people go around saying, I was supremely disappointed that Nintendo didn't announce what I put in my head. Um, and, and that's why they say Nintendo saying they're not going to talk about it doesn't count because Nintendo could lie. And give it to you anyway. Yeah, Dark Tatsia says, also specifying to specify during the Mario movie directs that it's just the Mario movie stuff, not anything on any Mario games. 
And people will still get upset. They're like, I want Super Mario Odyssey 2. Where's my Odyssey 2? The Breakman says, how dare Nintendo not give me what I want when I want? He's obviously being sarcastic, but there are actually people that believe that. Um, There are people that really believe that the customer is always right. Wasn't just an ill-advised marketing slogan 100 years ago, which is actually what it was. Um, They actually believe that they they should get what they want. They think that Nintendo is like Burger King. You get it your way. Um, And... There are people that that will fight you and say, look, if we want it, they are compelled to give it to us when we want it. And it better be perfect. Because I've even heard somebody say, you know, the reason they hated delays is because it was an insult to the gamers. And he was very pissed off about it. And, and, And I asked, well, if they released it now and it was buggy, would you be okay with that? He's like, no, I'd be pissed off about that too. And so I'm like, you can't have it both ways. That's not how software development works, because ultimately this is just software. It is entertainment, but it is also software. The Bregman says, I was in sales for a few years. The customer is always right. is one of the biggest lies ever. It is. Uh, and anybody in retail will tell you that, or food service or anything like that, uh, will tell you that. Where that phrase came from, I think it was a, a pharmacy like 100 years ago, or a drugstore or something and they made a slogan to try to get people to come in saying the customer is always right. And so it was literally an ad slogan. It was advertising. They, and it w- wasn't meant to be true. It's just they kind of overestimated how smart the population is. And so that is now a rallying cry. The customer is always right. Yeah. As Jeremy Matt says, yeah, it was a small town pharmacy thing. Thank you. See, I, I just pulled that out of the air. I remember hearing something about it. Dark Tatsia says, I did see something that Zelda was done back in 2022, but they spent several months polishing the new mechanics. Uh, and, and Nintendo can do that. Uh, and also, like, you got to look at when when you want to release things. And they they want to have it at, at a time. They wanted to release it at a time when it wasn't competing with all that much yet. And also have it announced early enough so other things wouldn't try to compete with it. Because uh, I follow several gaming PR people that don't work for Nintendo or on Nintendo products. I, several gaming PR people, and they're like, yeah, mid-May, don't release anything. That's why you don't didn't see that much news until now, like two weeks later. Like, you didn't hear the Mortal Kombat 1 stuff the week Tears of the Kingdom or the week after Tears of the Kingdom came out. They didn't put it out then because they knew mo- most people weren't going to pay attention. A week after that, then they were ready. So uh, that's so there was kind of like a little blackout, and so because as much as you think the console wars exist, they don't actually exist all that much uh, between the actual companies themselves. Um, that's why Sony and Microsoft both congratulated Nintendo on release day of Tears of the Kingdom. So. Uh, and, and so they do all kind of work together because they realize that the industry is better when all of them are doing good. It's the consumers who fight each other over these plastic boxes. And Dr. Tia says, yeah, because the Orange Lounge Radio does release dates. There's not a whole lot of them wanting to compete with Nintendo. No, there, there was really, you, you didn't want to compete with Nintendo. Uh, everybody tried to rush to get their stuff out before Tears of the Kingdom came out. Or they held it for a week or two or three uh, or just waited until next month when everything else is coming out and then it's all going to get buried or anything like that. The Brankman says, I wish they would work together more. I dream of a day when console exclusivity is a thing of the past. Well, I dream of a day when I could have found all the television shows I wanted on one service instead of having to pay for eight different services just to watch the TV shows that I want to watch. But we're not getting that, are we? In fact, we had that, and then we got away from it, and and now there, there's no going back. Because all you needed originally was a cable TV subscription, and then you had all the stuff. You you got you needed a DVR maybe so you could watch it whenever you want, but you had everything, and and now now we don't. Now now you don't. Uh, Sherman Matt says they sure do come together quick when it comes to the government possibly regulating. I mean. The government's trying to kind of get in, and in, in, in the EU, they're trying to make sure that all the cloud, like cloud gaming, should be agnostic. No matter what cloud gaming platform you're on, you should be able to play the same games. They're trying to do that with cloud gaming. 
So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, Orange Lounge Radio is not coming up tonight. Uh, Rob is out uh, on a business trip. He had to fly out early uh, to, to, to get out there. So, there is no OLR tonight. I will not be here next week uh, for the show because I will be at Summer Games Done Quick 2023 uh, up in Minneapolis. It starts at about uh, 1 o'clock Eastern, noon Central, next Sunday. So it, in in one week from now, we will already be, you know, raise several hundred thousand dollars for Doctors Without Borders. So my schedule, once again, uh, especially for the people who are live that didn't get to see it at the beginning, I am going to be hosting two blocks uh throughout early on in the week monday which is memorial day here in the united states at roughly 11 a.m eastern uh 10 a.m central uh, event time and uh, 8 a.m pacific i'm going to be hosting these remote runners alien swarm is going to be a co-op between kikistas and mr deagle then my buddy frube that i've always done the yakuza games with he's not running yakuza he's running anime attack on titan 2 final battle and then right after that crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion it's going to be a race between Desa 3579 and Big Sid. Uh, and then Tuesday night, starting at about 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, uh, 10 p.m. local event time, it's going to shift. It's probably going to be a little, it's going to be an hour later. Let's, let's just be real here. Uh, Schmumbler is going to be running Silent Hill Home Pour. I will explain that in a second. And then Drucifer Plays will be running Signalis. So that's going to run until like 3 a.m. Eastern. So it's going to be a nice late night. Uh, they're horror games, so it fit fits. Silent Hill Home Pour, the meme there is because Home Pour doesn't actually exist. There is a Silent Hill Homecoming. There is a Silent Hill Downpour. Silent Hill Downpour has unskippable cutscenes. So theoretically, I believe you can actually run Silent Hill Homecoming twice during the cutscenes of Silent Hill Downpour. So in two hours and 45 minutes estimate, uh, they're going to basically be running Downpour. When they go to an unskippable cutscene, they're going to switch over to Homecoming, and they're going to beat the game. Probably They can do it twice. I don't know if they're doing it twice during the marathon, uh, but they are, um, they're going to be playing Homecoming during the unskippable cutscenes of Downpour. And so that is what I'm going to be doing at Summer Games Done Quick next week. Uh, so go over to gamesdonequick.com for uh, information on that and how to donate. Uh, if you want your uh, do, if you want uh, your donation comment more likely read on the air uh, throughout the entire event, uh, put in your donation comment. Uh, try not to put like inside jokes from any community because they are on the lookout for that because they don't know what it means. Uh, and there are two people that actually read each donation before the host on the air even gets to see it on their screen. So if it's not read, it's most likely not the host. It might have never gotten to the host, and it really depends on content and how much uh, how many donations are coming in at once. So, uh, but you want to put in there, you want to mention the runner and or the run, or uh, you want to mention if you mention the charity, that's even better. Or uh, if you if you notice that there is an incentive that is currently being pushed. Uh, mention the incentive in there. And that way the host, when they read it, can remind other people of the incentive. So that's how you get read on Games Done Quick. Those are your secret things. Uh, if you listen in the past, past years I've been here, I gave other tips. Uh, ignore those tips. Don't do those tips. And uh, so I will hopefully uh, maybe read some of y'all uh, over uh, in the next week. Uh, so uh, enjoy uh, Games Done Quick or enjoy uh, enjoy playing more Tears of the Kingdom. So uh, that is it for me two weeks from now, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel. That is where you can catch us live and interact with the show directly in two weeks. I will have video from uh, not backstage, but the other areas of Games Done Quick. I'm under an NDA. I can't really shoot video backstage. I wouldn't want to anyway. Uh, but there's other things going on at Games Done Quick. There's even more now than there were uh, last year when I went for my first time. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. And I'll be going through uh, kind of a recap of what I did at the event. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, uh, you can do that or, uh, join us on our discord server, vognetwork.com slash discord. I will probably share some photos there. Uh, if you are subscribed on Twitch, there's a, sp uh, another subscriber chat channel that you get unlocked on discord. If you have your Twitch and your discord account linked and, uh, I may be posting stuff in there. So you may have to be a subscriber to see that stuff first before I post it everywhere. Uh, I'm not going to really lock anything behind there. Uh, so you can also follow me on social media at Bobby Blackwell, just about everywhere. MSTDN.games is my Mastodon instance. If you want to follow me there, uh, or, uh, over on the discord. So if you like the show, tell a friend, if you hate the show, tell an enemy, 
I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody. But it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of the chatters who went above and beyond. Thank you so much. You being here is really all we ask for. But there were a couple chatters that went above and beyond. Orange Right resubscribed. Uh, so thank you so much for the resubscription. Sean322. Uh, 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 let me try that again. Sean322 cheered 69 bits. Thank you very much for that, Sean322. Uh, and uh, Mike Deft also resubscribed. So uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, but you just being here and you listening, that is really the best thing. So uh, live folks, stay tuned. We're going to raid someone after this. Orange Lounge Radio is not coming up next. I will be back in two weeks. And uh, let's let's go fast and raise some money for Doctors Without Borders. How about that? All right. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys. Or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.